technologies are taking the world by storm. With the release of ChatGBT and other AI-powered tools, we can now create images, video, and text with the click of a button. While an exciting innovation, what risks and challenges does AI create from a cybersecurity perspective, and how can business use it to their advantage? Our guest today is Dr. Sebastian Wieserek, Vice President of AI Technology and Global Lead of AI Ethics at SAP. He is responsible for development teams in Europe and Asia who build platform services, which help customers to manage and partners to extend AI content utilized across all of SAP offerings. In addition, Sebastian is leading SAP's AI Ethics Initiative, which provides company-wide guidelines on how to apply AI in a human-centric way. Welcome to the Trust Corner, Sebastian. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us about your background and how it led to you to your current role? Yeah, I'm I'm a software engineer. I have been uh, trained as, as that, did my uh, PhD thesis in the subject, and then transferred to innovation management. So I looked into trends in the software industry, but also beyond that, trends in uh, society and business. And when let's say the the first hype of uh, machine learning AI came up a couple of years back, I decided that uh, I would uh, embrace this and go into this topic all in, and that's uh, me and AI now. Very interesting. Um, my next question, when doing research for this episode, I was pleasantly surprised to find that SAP has a well-developed organization dedicated to AI. Can you tell us more about the role of AI in SAP solutions? Sure. So AI is something that uh, is uh, quite important for SAP. I would state in general, when you look at it from a strategy perspective. So for example, we're, uh, our ambition is to make all of our customers intelligent enterprises, which already indicates that uh, AI is uh, a key pillar of uh, what we're providing to our customers. And what we're doing is we're embedding AI capabilities into all the different solutions into the whole portfolio of SAP. That's why AI is a central unit that is collaborating across the different uh, industries, across the different lines of business and providing tools and technologies and capabilities for the different uh, development teams across SAP to then uh, get exposed via SAP applications. Perfect. Thank you for explaining AI's role at SAP. It sounds like there might be some similarities with our global security team as well. Lately, many people have been speculating about the future of AI and how it will change our daily lives. How can we ensure that AI systems are designed to be trustworthy and reliable? Good question. I think uh, that uh, many people are working hard uh, every day to make that possible. What SAP has been doing is uh, when we, even when uh, at the beginning, when we introduced uh, machine learning and AI to uh, SAP, let's say in this uh, central function, we already started to discuss about the ethical aspects of that. And we were among the, wor the world's first companies and I think the first European company to put out AI ethics guiding principles to basically define what is meaningful and, and uh, a good way of uh, exposing and using AI and what are things that we as a company don't want to do. And since then we have uh, 
continued on our uh, trajectory to become a trustworthy provider of AI by uh, setting up structures. We have a steering committee that is uh, overseeing all the activities within the company. We have an external advisory panel that helps us to take the right decisions. We have an internal uh, trustworthy AI workstream that is overseeing uh, all the executions. We have a trustworthy AI or AI ethics uh, process that uh, is uh, been rolled out and is applicable to all teams uh, worldwide at SAP and has to be uh, has to be followed. Yeah, and we're uh, doing a lot of uh, other things like providing training material. We have an open SAP course, for example. We're providing uh, handbooks for how to uh, how to use AI in an ethical way provide have an internal community so we're doing quite a lot i would say to uh, safeguard and to make sure that uh, at sap and for our uh, customers we're using ai in the best possible way thank you for sharing your perspective we should definitely have standards in place to ensure ai is well designed and now as you know ai is only as good as the data Keeping this in mind, how can we prevent bias and discrimination in AI algorithms to ensure that they are fair and trustworthy? I think the the uh, hard fact is that we cannot fully prevent uh, bias in data and uh, discrimination is always going to be a risk. But the question, and that's uh, probably similar to other security related uh, uh, problems is uh, risk management and risk mitigation, right? So we know that the data sets that we're using, they may contain bias and uh, therefore potential for discrimination that we're not aware of uh, while we're using them. So on the one hand side, we of course have to make sure that we have high standards uh, for the data that we're using, that we're very thorough in the review processes. But at the same time, we should also make sure that the systems that uh, then are hosting these AI algorithms that we have been training are constantly monitored for discrimination uh, as well, right? It's also clear that even if you have bias-free or even if you would have bias-free data sets, which as I said, is uh, very hard to achieve, even then there's uh, scientific evidence that uh, systems can still discriminate. And that makes it clear that we also need to apply measures to detect discrimination when it happens at the uh, uh, usage time. So. At design time, when we're building the system, we have to be rigorous on the data that we're using. And then at runtime, when we're using these systems, we also have to be careful and we also have to track and monitor. For my next question, I'd like to discuss trust in AI. How can collaboration between governments, researchers, and industry stakeholders help to promote trust in AI? I think it's, uh, yeah, this collaboration is, uh, is very important, but I would extend it. I think we have to bring the message across to everybody who has, uh, who is interacting with AI systems, because when you talk to people and now with a, with a verge of uh, ChatGPT, for example, I would say most of the people in this world have been heard about AI and I would say even more people have been interacting with AI already, not so much with uh, ChatGPT, but for example, with autofocus in their mobile phones or with uh, uh, GPS uh, uh, applications on their uh, on their phones or in their cars. And so 
there there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of ai systems around us what we need to uh, what we need to make sure is that people are feeling uh, let's say comfortable and uh, uh, feeling that they can trust these systems and trust i would say is coming from two things on the one hand side to understand that the people who are developing that and putting that into the world that they are following good practices and these practices, of course, have to be uh, aligned and there have to be regulations around these. That's uh, that's clear. But the other thing is also that the experience that people have with these uh, systems are confirming their, uh, uh, this, let's say, uh, their, their expectations. So, for example, when I'm interacting with the system and I see that the system is not harming me, is providing me a beneficial uh, outcome, then, of course, I'm starting to trust the system more and more so on the one hand side we need to have this we have to have let's say safeguards in terms of uh, regulations and that's where we as experts on uh, on the technical side the research organizations as well as the uh, business organization have to work with uh, regulators in order to define meaningful and uh, effective measures on the other side we have to make sure that people have a good experience and they understand that these systems are helpful and not harmful. Perfect. What are the potential consequences of over-relying on AI systems and how can we balance trust with healthy, healthy skepticism? Yeah, I would say over-relying, as the word suggests, is uh, not good, right? But the question is, when am I over-relying on something and when I'm just relying on something? I think that uh, from my perspective, it's not it's not easy to say even for experts, right? And that's why I agree with you. When people are interacting with uh, any type of system, they should have a uh, some uh, natural uh, skepticism, right? I would say what what helps is of course to understand what are potential uh, challenges or issues that uh, that you can see when interacting with systems so that so that you can actually spot those uh, easier right so it's easy to say uh, you have to be skeptical but then if a system is just uh, putting out i don't know a christmas card text for you what is what what should i now be skeptical about that this uh, that it's not christmas or that uh, the that it's insulting or you know what i mean it's it's also depending very much uh, very much on the context and I would say, and that's that's also what how you see how uh, SAP and regulators are trying to cope with this is to think about how risky from an AI ethics perspective is a certain situation. So, for example, if I'm uh, if I'm writing a Christmas card and I'm looking or I'm using ChatGPT to write a business card as an example, many people may want to do that in a couple of months, right? Um, what is the what is the risk? I'm looking at the whole text. I can uh, change everything, and I'm taking the decision uh, to send it out. And even if there's a spelling mistake, or if there's a date wrong or location wrong, it's not the big harm that uh, is done to anybody, right? So the overall risk, I would say, is quite low. But then there are things that uh, people can do with AI systems, for example, in when they're interacting with that in HR processes, that can actually uh, um, have impact on uh, people's lives uh, and there i think we have to be a bit more careful we have to see what is the can i get ration 
uh, about or can I get information about why the system is uh, recommending certain actions? Can I uh, uh, can I look into the data myself and then also checking and making sure that in the end a recommendation is a recommendation and I'm the person who is deciding. Also understanding that in the end for uh, for many of the tasks that we're doing together with AI based uh, systems, we as humans are responsible for the action. At SAP, for example, we're not allowing AI systems in our uh, or AI functions in our products to make decisions about humans. We're relying on humans, so we're making proposals. But that means that in the end, when a human is looking at the proposal and saying, yes, I accept this proposal, it means the human has to be or will be responsible for the action then. And that's what people have to understand in order to uh, take the right approach towards uh, towards the uh, outcome that we're delivering. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As a security professional, my priority is making sure we keep our corporate data and our customers' data private and secure. What are the best practices for data privacy and security in the development and deployment of AI systems? I think the, uh, the, uh, the regular uh, measures apply to that as well. So there's uh, there's nothing uh, much exciting that I can say now about uh, using uh, personal data, using confidential data, using other kinds of data uh, that is uh, proprietary in developing AI systems. Of course, you should minimize the amount of uh, person-related data that you're using to what you actually need. You should uh, safeguard uh, the access to it, you should, uh, uh, if that's possible, or uh, in many uh, in many regions is mandatory. You should track who has been accessing what data, using it for uh, what purpose, making sure that uh, only lawful purposes uh, have been uh, uh, followed up upon. So I think that's a that's in general the the uh, I guess uh, the best practices. What I think what many people are concerned with when uh, they're interacting with AI systems is that they don't understand what is happening during runtime, right? So during training, it's uh, clear for everybody, okay, that's uh, that's going to promote certain uh, patterns or a certain information to the system that is then uh, adjusting to the right, uh, uh, to the right behavior. But mostly the uh, person-related data is not going to be uh, exposed then afterwards when I use the model. That's basically what in, in, in most of these training exercises happening. But uh, during runtime, it depends on what kind of AI system you have in front of you, right? So it might be the case that the uh, system is only used to provide a response, but is discarding afterwards your data. But it might be the case that uh, systems are adjusting to the data that you're putting in and to the response that you're putting uh, to the output. And here, of course, again, like in uh, like in other systems that are not AI based, this can uh, this can happen. This uh, this is possible, but it has to be trans made transparent. Then it has to be clear to the user uh, how the data is used and in what uh, format. That's in my opinion uh, an aspect that uh, many people are interested about when they talk about AI. But I think it's a general best uh, best practice that uh, should not only be followed in AI specific cases. Very interesting. There's been a lot of discussion about the possibility of AI replacing certain jobs or processes in the future. 
What do you think will be the role of AI in corporate environment in the next few years? It's true. And actually, I also believe that many jobs are going to change going forward. And that's something that, in my opinion, is a natural tendency. So when we look at automation and AI, to a certain degree, is also a, a let's say, a force for automation. When we look into previous rounds of uh, automation, we see, for example, that uh, cars have been replacing uh, uh, horses, right? And there was a whole industry ar around horses, like feeding them, uh, putting on horseshoes, uh, creating carriages, and so on and so forth, uh, exchanging horses so that you can go faster from A to B. And all these jobs uh, are gone. All these jobs are gone. You can look into agriculture industry. You see that uh, 150 years, 200 years ago, about 90% uh, of the population in Europe and North America have been working in agriculture still. Right now is, I think, less than 5%, if I'm not mistaken. So you see that automation and uh, improvement of uh, the way we're, uh, we're working is changing the jobs that, uh, that uh, we're doing to a large degree. It's not happening overnight, but it's happening uh, gradually over uh, over coming years when this automation is then reaching more and more uh, areas of our lives. But I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, afraid of that because I think what is going to happen is that this efficiency is uh, used by humans in order to focus on other um, activities. And what we're going to see is that people are more and more pushed into decision-making uh, parts of, uh, of the work and less and less on execution. So for example, I, I gave you this uh, Christmas card example, right? So let's make, put that in a, in a business context. If I'm, uh, I'm a person, I'm writing a lot of uh, mails every day and it's, it takes a bit of time to, uh, to write those mails and it's a few facts that I need to put in there. Like, for example, I'm setting up a meeting. I say, when is, uh, should this happen? Uh, where should this happen? Who should be invited? It's, of course, an efficiency gain. If I could just put this information in there and say, set up a meeting at the, at the meaningful time. And then an AI is going to understand what I'm uh, saying and is uh, doing that. That's something that is going to happen. It's uh, it's something that uh, will will be possible in probably a couple of months to uh, maybe one or two years. And what it means is that uh, at the moment, most of the people don't have an assistant that is doing that. So at the moment, it's only for managers who have assistants that they have this uh, beautiful life where they can tell other people what to do in order to set up uh, meetings. But in the future, we will all be bosses. We will all be the managers that are saying, okay, I want you to set up this meeting. I don't want to do it myself because I can do something more meaningful in this uh, in the same period. And then we can think about what are the things that we should actually be doing if we're not if we're not uh, setting up meetings, for example, and that's just one example, right? So we're writing a lot, we're uh, interacting a lot with uh, systems, we're uh, we're uh, providing a lot of information, and a lot of this uh, of these tasks will be uh, will be uh, going to be less and less. But at the same time, we need to supervise what the AI algorithms are doing. We need to provide meaningful motivation to them so we need to explain to them what they have to do we have to 
look into what they have done and assess whether the quality is good enough or they have to do it again. So we're basically becoming managers of systems and we're becoming managers of AI systems in that uh, in that regards that are going to execute a lot of our tasks. And that's good, in my opinion. It's more uh, it's more interesting, it's more meaningful. And of course, people will always have the choice to also do uh, their jobs manually. But then similar to, to other uh, jobs where manufacturing uh, with your hands is slower, there will be people who appreciate that. But for most of us, it will be just more efficient uh, to do that in an automated way. Interesting. And for my last question, is there something our audience should know about AI that you haven't talked about yet? I think that in general, the uh, or my uh, my general feeling is that uh, the hype on uh, in relation to ChatGPT is something that uh, kept a lot or or opened a lot of people's eyes to what is possible. But I think that. This is uh, the the attention stays a lot on uh, textual interaction now. So we see that we can uh, we can chat with something and it can give answers and you can uh, get sometimes uh, funny replies and and see that uh, how the technology is uh, is not fit enough uh, uh, yet to uh, to uh, uh, work on a certain task. But I think what uh, only few people are seeing at the moment is that there are already capabilities of these of these uh, algorithms of these uh, large language models to interact with uh, our uh, environment already, and that they uh, established some, uh, let's say, simple form of common sense reasoning. And the common sense reasoning, in combination with interaction uh, with real world given on very simple instructions, is going to be a very powerful tool that we will see, um, let's say, uh, making our life or transforming and changing our lives over the next uh, over the next few, I would say, years. So it's not, the technology is already there, it's in its infancy, but uh, we shouldn't underestimate the pace in which uh, researchers and, and companies are making uh, advances in that uh, field at the moment. So I think we should all look into what is going to happen and we should uh, we should uh, embrace this, uh, is, this change. I think it's going to change our lives. We will be much more efficient. We will be able to put a lot of stuff that we don't want to do into this uh, application and into these tools. But of course, it's a level playing ground at the moment. At the moment, uh, nearly nobody knows how to use these uh, systems best. The best researchers in the world, they're playing around with it. So it's a huge opportunity for everybody to play with these systems, to understand how to best use them in their, uh, even in their private life and how to, uh, how to become, an, uh, become a specialist for applying AI uh, everywhere. So that's uh, hopefully something that uh, that motivates uh, a lot of people to uh, to try it out and uh, to think about what are additional areas where they can uh, where they can utilize AI as this uh, available right now. Thank you very much for joining us on the Trust Corner, Sebastian. Thanks a lot.